welcome back to the OWA Talks podcast. I am your co-host, Stephanie, here with my co-host, Sandra. And today's guest is the amazing Dr. Maria Sampalis, who's an optometrist in Rhode Island. Welcome, Maria. So, Dr. Sampalis, thank you for being with us today. Can you share a bit about your background and experience so we can get to know you a little better? Yeah, I graduated from uh, uh, NECO in 2007. Um, you know, I came out of school, I kind of really wanted to have my own practice, do my own thing. So I was, I was looking to, to do that. I was working in different places. Um, and then an opportunity came about um, within a corporate optical, Sears optical, Sears, um, and place closed since then, but um, to have my own practice, you know, and nobody else wanted it. I said, I, I want it. It's my own practice. I want to start and see how it, how it goes. And I, I really loved it. I really, I really did love the business aspects of optometry, kind of having my own thing. And fast forward now um, to, you know, 2021, I have my own private practice. Um, I own the building. I have a corporate practice too. I work there. I hire a doctor with Warby Parker. Um, I do a lot on social media with doctors, helping doctors with practice management. I've written articles, um, you know, started an alliance group, got 800 members, um, a lot, a lot of developed websites. So there's a lot you can do if you have passion and, and, and you want to do it and make a difference. Um, so, you know, I was just a regular optometrist coming out of school, still think of myself a regular optometrist. If you want to do something, you can do it. So you just got to have the passion and have the energy to do it. I, I think there's people who have passion and energy to do things. I think you like multiply that on like the 10 times multiplier, because I feel like it's, <laughs> you're doing so much all the time. Um, so we're really excited to have you. Um, not only do you do all the things that you also talked about, but you're also an OWA member. What is it that drew you to the organization and how do you engage within the organization? Yeah, you know, I think, I think women um, in optometry really need to work with other women. Um, you know, I really got introduced to it by Dr. Leppett. Um, you know, she was uh, part of HEA and, and um, you know, we had, re we had connected through there and I thought it was a great organization to really get to know other females to what I can learn from, from, not just from optometry standpoint, from a business standpoint. These are females working in the industry. What can I learn from them? How can we collaborate? How can we bring each other up? Um, and I thought this was a, a great organization to join and, and just network and get the information, a lot of personal um, you know, development um, and how to, you know, same things that I have in my, in my family, like how, how to juggle a business, juggle a family, um, things like that. And, um, so I thought the OWA was a great um, organization to, to, to join. Well, we're lucky to have you. So like, as Sandra was saying, you kind of do a lot of different things um, and you have a lot of different facets in your personal or your professional uh, success. What helped you to decide to found Corporate Optometry on Facebook? And how do you think that's helped you professionally grow your career? Yeah, corporate optometry on Facebook was kind of like by accident, you know, um, I was sitting there and, and at Sears and, uh, you know, I, you know, asking questions that I didn't know about and there was no resources out there. So um, really started to, to grow it, um, started it and it's really snowballed. It's, it's grown to about on Facebook, 30,000 members and within, you know, in Instagram and, and LinkedIn to about 60K. So it's grown tremendously. And um, I've been, you know, pretty happy with that. A lot of doctors have uh, questions. 
Um, there wasn't any resources out there, any how to grow a business, how to start a business, how to negotiate a contract, salaries. Um, it was kind of like the Wild West out there. And, and now there's a lot of information within the, the group from other doctors, experiences, and then, you know, develop the job website, uh, corporate time careers, uh, where people can post jobs. Because I know that was one of the pain points from a lot of the corporate opticals looking for ODs and things like that. But also for, for data, for, um, you know, contracts, salaries, um, you know, subleases. And then corporateoptometry.com was, was created as well for uh, practice management resource. We get the same questions over and over in the group. Um, and here's a resource, you know, you can start a business or, you know, how to negotiate a lease, um, how to, you know, hire staff, you know, best practices, instead of just asking the same questions over and over again. They have a resource um, because there was no resources out there. There's still not a lot of resources out there. Um, so I utilize the doctors within the group to, you know, um, have data and survey them as well and um, have, you know, information so they can have it. And it's OD to OD information, which I think is powerful, right? Um, you know, doctors are able to have a voice within this network um, they never had before. Um, and it's really made a difference for doctors within the corporate setting because a lot of pain points that they had sometimes, um, you know, it, it had to be changed. And, and I, I'm proud to say that, you know, a lot of these corporations are paying attention and trying to make it um, a good environment for ODs and, 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 and a place where ODs want to be. So I love the concept of, of curating information that people need because clearly there's, there's a need for that. But I also like that concept of OD sharing with other ODs. Um, and one of the things that I see a lot is that you post a lot of newsletter articles on the corporate optometry site. And one of them was really talking about habits of an influential optometrist. How can someone become influential in their role? And what type of habits should they be forming to help them create a successful career? Sure. So one of the things on the websites is blogs, right? Um, so that was important for me to write blogs within my websites, not just to, for the social media group, but to really get information out there on Google and people searching, right? So I'll write two, three blogs a week. Um, some are better than others. Um, and one of them was influential optometry, I think. Um, I think that's important. I think we all can be influential within our career, whether it's, you know, within my network or, um, you know, just to community and things like that. So that was important for me to kind of show these doctors. It's not just, you know, social media influencers or things like that, but these are doctors, these are, here's some resources that you can do within your practice and be influential. And, and I feel like I've been put in a good position to help, you know, have this platform to be able to help doctors and make a change in the industry. Um, so that has been um, a good thing for me to be able to, you know, present my ideas, present other people's ideas, um, and, um, you know, make change in the industry um, on, on a good form. And then to really help elevate females in the industry as well, uh, you know, whether, whether it's in this setting or whatever setting they want to be in. So in addition to doing all of that and writing the blogs, being an optometrist, you were telling us uh, before we started recording about how you do speaking. So my question is, how do you, how do you do it? How do you manage and how do you balance that work-life balance? Yeah, so it ain't pretty sometimes, I'll tell you that, that's the truth. So 
um, but I think it's multitasking. I think it's setting priorities to know um, how to manage a business and what the number one priority right now is. So you kind of plan ahead, right? Um, I think optometry is a cyclical business. So it'll be busy at one time, it won't be busy another. Um, so town now is kind of planning ahead, right? So um, you plan ahead now for uh, speaking arrangements, things like that. And you kind of, you start small and you have those small wins, but now because of this, the career trajectory has gone up. Like it's, it's amazing how it's, it's gone bigger and, 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 and it's larger events now. So you kind of have to prioritize, prioritize that. And then after a while, once you start doing it, at first it's hard to lift, to do something, right? But once you get comfortable doing it, um, you do it pretty fast. I mean, I think as optometrists, we're in optometry school when it used to take us half an hour just to take a VA, right? Now it takes five seconds. So <laughs> it's, it's getting comfortable in doing it. So once you do it, it's easy. Um, and for me, it was kind of getting, doing that. And, and, and I do have, you have some competition out there. And I say, you know, I'm not the smartest person in the room, but I'll outwork you, right? So I think that in itself sometimes um, can be a, a, a big factor in a lot of people's success. Um, and just make, just being able to differentiate yourself from others, whether it is your own business or within a corporation. Um, so sometimes it's just that, um, that really can make a difference. But after a while, you kind of train yourself to do that. Um, it's the same thing as like you're training for um, marathon, right? You, you, exer you exercise every day, you run, you, you get the next step. It's the same thing with work. I kind of see it like a sport in a sense. I see it a different way um, for what the, what the goal is and what I want to accomplish um, within my career. So I feel like we talk about COVID-19 on almost every podcast because it's definitely impacted all of us in, in numerous ways. Um, and many of us have spent so much time thinking about what matters most to us within our lives and our careers. What advice do you have for someone who might feel like they want to give up and quit to really help them persevere through tough and challenging times? Yeah, I mean, I think we're all in on it uh, together. We all had to go through it. You know, I was home for two months. Business was closed, home with two kids, um, trying to homeschool. I, I'll say, I, you know, trying to homeschool probably did a lot more yelling than homeschooling. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, you know, it wasn't pretty at times. And there'll be times that my husband would come home at five and I'd be like, this is all you. I'm out. I'm <laughs> going for a walk. Um, so it is. I mean, we all get through it. There's, you know, I think... If, if you know we have failures and we have you know hard times but it builds you up builds character to bring it up and i think a lot of us have support right we we all you know family support to to get you through i'll never say that i kind of get through things myself without the family support that i have um to be able to do these things uh, but i think we find out what's more important to us i think covid was kind of like good it puts things on pause there wasn't a lot of stuff going on so all you had to do was you know see what you know focus on what was important. And for me, it was like, okay, we have this thing, everyone's going through it, but you know what? I, my two girls are healthy. That's the most important part. My husband was able to work. I'll have, I'll get back to work anyways. I mean, patients aren't going anywhere. And I think a lot of companies in the optical industry really came about and helped optometrists the best way they could. Some companies gave, contact lens companies gave, uh, you know, cheaper contact lenses during that time. Some some managed care plans were able to provide some kind of loans. We got loans from the government. Um, a lot of companies, vendors were very helpful with late payments and things like that. 
Um, so we got support and we, and, and, and um, we're back at it now. I mean, it's not what it, what it is before. I mean, it is a new normal. Um, but I, I, you know, I think getting through it um, really makes us stronger and, and, and to be able to, you know, help each other as well. I think if COVID taught me anything, it was that I cannot homeschool. <laughs> that was the hardest part for me was my heart goes out to those teachers now. <sighs> so having a successful career uh, most, most likely means that there was definitely some moments that maybe didn't go the way you had planned or the way you'd like them to go. How do you define failing at something and recognize the signs to help you persevere through the tougher moments of your career? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to say there's a lot of failure at the beginning, you know, I mean, even just starting a business within a setting where, um, you know, everyone's saying, like, when I started within the Sears optical, everyone's like, don't go there, no, you know, it's going to die, it's going to close, and I'm like, well, even so, it's better than the situation working with someone else for me, but even starting with, and then now it's grown tremendously, you know, patients still follow, I have into my own practice and a core practice, and and if I want another practice, I, I could do that. Um, but within even corporate optometry, it's grown, you know, it was like a lot of naysayers and things like that and, and grown a, a network platform pretty quickly um, within the industry um, and a lot of information out there. And, and it was, it was a lot of naysayers and still get some naysayers and, and some failures and, um, you know, company, some companies wanted to work, others didn't want to collaborate. Um, and with my job website and things like that. Um, so that for me has been a good learning process because, you know, now over, I look over five years, I see all the hard work that has been done. Um, and, you know, for me, it's been, I use it as motivation, right? So you have a failure, um, you find a way to figure out how to, how to make it work. So just because someone says, no, some people will quit. For me, I'll, I'll use it as motivation to say, okay, what am I doing wrong? What can I do to fix this um, to make it better? So next time when I present to them or someone else, they want to say yes. Um, and what it's like, a, it's, it's kind of like, like, again, like you think about it like a sport, it's kind of like a game plan. Um, and how do you, um, you know, compete? So each, each, each day is kind of like for the game. And then your ultimate goal is like the Super Bowl or playoffs. So you kind of figure that out. You have your team and, and how do you, how do you do that? So for me, it's probably, it's been a one person show. Um, and there have been some hiccups and some big failures, um, disappointing things, think, think, think you, that you could, you know, win or, or get. And, um, but I think it's, it's been good. If, if I didn't have, if I had the easy way, I don't really think that this network has, would have grown them as, as it would, um, if I kind of had the easy way and I'll take the hard way because it, that means that um, the growth is substantial and it's hard to overturn. Um, if it's the easy way, it's easy way. It's easy to, to kind of get back on that setting, I guess. Um, but for me, um, the failure um, is just kind of getting back into it every day and, and jumping up and getting out of bed and, and saying, okay, I didn't, I didn't get this today, but I'm going to try this. And it's small wins that really get, get you confidence and motivation to kind of get back out there. So um, I think people just need to, I, I, when I talk to young optometrists, the big thing is confidence and, you know, have failures built, you know, as the next one, you kind of get it, you build that confidence to see if you can do it, you can get it. And I think that's, that's a good thing because you can be able to take a risk 
if you don't have a big risk, then you don't have a big reward. Um, so I think optometrists need to to be able to, you know, be able to take a failure if they can as well to have a big reward. I love the idea of really having that that confidence and and really working through some of those failures. And one of the things that um, BF Skinner is really known for is is a quote talking about failure is not always a mistake. It may simply be the best that one can do under the circumstances. And then the real mistake is to stop trying. So trying to build that confidence. Other than that, what other tips and strategies could you share around overcoming times when we feel like we failed and just want to give up? Yeah, just take some time, you know, take some time, take a couple days, refresh, focus on something else and and then kind of look at it from a big picture. I think a lot of us kind of really pay attention, a big picture overall. Some things are out of our control sometimes um, that we can't control. Um, and then just getting, um, learning, you know, why you did it wrong, why maybe you lost to your competitor. Um, and then just trying to be motivated to kind of get back up and do it again. Um, it's kind of hard to, you know, keep on doing something that you're losing in or not doing well, but if you have the passion and you have the grit to do it and you want to do it, um, great things will come from it. It takes time. It didn't take me, I didn't get out of school right away to be successful. It took me 15 years to get here. Um, it didn't take the same path as everyone else, right? It took a different path. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's, you know, asking for mentorship from others to see, but even sometimes just personal development, reading magazines about, about things that, you know, that you need to learn on, taking the initiative to do that, taking the extra step. Maybe sometimes it might be the extra two hours a night, maybe with someone else is watching TV for you to learn how to do something else to be able to grow. Because all those small things stack up um, and build. So when you do have a failure, the whole thing doesn't fall down. It's just, you know, you just might, down two, three steps and you're kind of back up again within a few days. And it's taking time to do that. Um, but perseverance really comes from within. You got to be able to want to do it. Got to be able to kind of keep getting back up to do that. And I really think it's, you know, depending on the person, but you have to be have passion to do it. If you, if you like to do it, you want to do it, you love what you do, you're not really working as hard as you feel it because you want to do it. Sometimes uh, we have a lot of fear when it comes to progressing professionally. And sometimes it's because we're pushed out of our own comfort zones. How can we use these moments to help us rise and thrive? Yeah, I'll tell you, I'm still uncomfortable sometimes speaking in front of people, you know, um, and, and other times, but I think, you know, doing it, getting confidence um, and getting outside our comfort zones, that's how we all grow, right? Um, we weren't comfortable starting in when we got out of optometry school, seeing a lot of patients. We're seeing a lot of patients now. We get comfortable. We have a, a script for, you know, uh, for our patients, for, for everything. And I think it's the same thing when you go out in the industry and try to talk about a, a topic or, you know, try to go against the norm per se on your own opinion and why you're passionate about certain change or advocacy or something in the industry. Um, you know, I, and I think the people that are able to do that you have more confidence, get more confidence. So it comes all back into that, you know, getting out of your comfort zone, getting that failure, um, motivating yourself and, you know, bringing it back to, you know, continue to build it. Um, once you get out of that zones, that's when great things come about. You get that confidence um, and then you're able to take the next risk to, to do what you want to do. And I would always say to people, I'm going to say like, you know, someone else was able to do that. 
I would always say, ask yourself, well, why not me? Why, why can't I have that, that position? Why can't I have that CEO position? Why can't I have a second practice? How can I, why can't I, you know, have the kids at the office in the basement while I'm up seeing patients or whatever the case is, whatever your goal is, say, why not me? I mean, of course you can do it. Um, it's, it just, you know, takes some time sometimes. Um, I was pretty um, impatient per se when I got out of school. I just wanted it. But now I look back, it's the learning process and, and, and to do that. Um, and because of that, I'm, you know, stronger and financially and in my practice and um, mentally strong to be able to do things, um, especially like a COVID situation popped up where, you know, I was able to handle it. And it was, it wasn't a big financial burden on my family because of the steps that we did in the past. Thank you so much for sharing such great ideas and suggestions really as we, as this comes out at the end of November, all of us are starting to think about what our goals are for the new year and, and really planning ahead to create great things. And one of the things that we like to ask at the end of, of every podcast is to share their best piece of advice for listeners. So would you be willing to share yours with us? Sure. I always say, if they say you can't do it, go prove them wrong. I love that. That's, <laughs> that's great. Thank you for sharing that. So thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Simpolis. We really appreciate it. And I think we learned a lot about how to just persevere and move on. And tomorrow's another day and just keep, keep going the way you feel like it needs to go. Yeah. Just dust off and get back up again. That's, that's what it takes. It's just doing it over and over again. And and I think that anyone, if they want to do something, they can do it. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a CEO or anything else. I think anyone can do that. And I think a lot of females in the industry have a lot of, um, can do a lot of things in the industry if they want to. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. And we'll see you all in our next episode.